0: Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Simplifying the Sod. We are going to discuss today Parshad Vayetse. So I want to begin with uh, a story. A little crazy, but uh, when, when COVID started, that first uh, Pesach, we had the kids in the house and we we're trying to make things a little more interesting. And what I did was I took a first person look at Yetziat Mitzrayim. And I told the kids how I was a little boy and I was a servant in Paro's house and uh, I gave them a first-person uh, analysis of what was going on and what happened when Moshe came and I was Paro's servant and my job was to clean his bathrooms and I told them about uh, a ghost of the bathrooms and all the stories, they remember the ghost of the bathrooms. Now, there's also another part of the story. If anyone remembers a TV show called Sanford and Son, that's with uh, Red Fox. He played, uh, he played Sanford, Fred Sanford. And anytime time uh, things went wrong for, for Fred, he would uh, throw his right hand over his heart. He would start to shuffle. He would look to heaven and he would yell out, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. This is the big one, honey. This is the big one, honey. I'm coming to join you. And he would feign this heart attack and uh, he's coming up to join Elizabeth, who was his wife and uh, his son's mother. Now, in the house, we used to joke. My dad used to play it and I used to do it all the time. And it's interesting. I continued to do it. So my grandkids always wanted to know who's Elizabeth. So someone said that was his first wife and she died. I said, what do you mean, Grandpa had a first wife? I said, no, 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 that was when I was a sheep. A sheep? Yeah, I was one of the sheep in the with, 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 uh, with Yaakov Avinu when he was in the house of Lavan, and that's how I ended up getting into Egypt when I was a sheep, and then I became a little boy. So the idea I got of being a sheep was based on one of the rabbis' rites that Uh, that uh, he had a a birthmark on him, and when the students asked what was the birthmark, he said he was one of the sheep of Yaakov Avinu, and it was when Yaakov hit him on the back, and he went one way the wrong way, that this birthmark relates to his, uh, his original Gilgul as a sheep. So my, my grandkids always know. They tell me, oh, what happened when you were a sheep? When you first a sheep with Abraham, then Yitzchak, then you ended with Yaakov, then you went to Egypt. And I get to tell them all the stories about the Avot because I was a sheep and I was a pet sheep, but I was, you know, sometimes nervous. They might, uh, they might eat me, but I had such beautiful wool that they used to just shave my wool every year and I got to stay close to the house where they lived and in the tents, and I get to tell them all the stories. Now, this idea... That I was a sheep of Yaakov Avinu Is is Not so Unheard of And I'd like to share with you tonight Based on The brilliance of Rav Pinchas Friedman An amazing thought And an amazing thought that's going to help us Appreciate so much more When we look at the words Of the Sefer Torah Especially when the Sefer Torah Is opened in the Hekal on Shabbat, and when the person carrying the Torah by us, at least in the Syrian community, they carry the Torah open, so that the people can see the letters, we're supposed to look for the letters of our name, and even for those who don't carry, that they should realize how important it is to see the letters when Hagbah is done, when the Torah is raised and shown to the people. So let's begin. We read something very, very interesting. Maybe a little strange in this week's Pirasha. And it says, Yaakov." Yaakov took, he took a rod for himself. It says a poplar, hazelnut and chestnut. And what did he do? He peeled white streaks in them, bearing the white of the rods. Then what did he do? He placed those rods into the watering trails to which the flocks would come to drink, facing the flocks. So when they would come to drink, the flocks became heated by the rods and the flocks gave birth to ringed ones, speckled ones, and dappled ones. Whenever it was mating time for the early bearing flocks, Yaakov would place the rods in the runnels in full view of the flock to stimulate them with the rods. And it says, Vayifros ha'ish me'od me'od the man became exceedingly proper prosperous, and he had many, many, many flocks. With this cryptic manoeuvre, Yaakov Avinu acted in accordance with the lessons of David HaMelech David has said Im Tit with a with a righteous, with a devout person be devout Imgever Tamim with a wholehearted man you should act wholeheartedly. He and he goes, and he goes with uh with the trustworthy one. You act trustworthy, and then he says, and with the crooked one, you act perversely. You have to know who you're dealing with. We know Lavan ha'arami. He cheated him again and again, repeatedly. What does Yaakov tell him? How many times he changed the deal in the middle of the deal? And in order to receive his fair compensation, Yaakov performed this clever maneuver. With the rods, with the rods. In his opening words to the commentary on this week's parasha, the great mechubal Rabbi Menachem Rakanti explains that we have to know these stories don't appear in the Torah for nothing. Hence, we make sure that we recite a beracha when we study them, just as we study the aseret hadibrot and all of the mitzvot of the Torah. For all of these stories teach us incredibly valuable life lessons and contain profound esoteric messages. So let's look. We're going to see the words of the Baal Shem Tov. And he addresses this episode in Sefer Baal Shem Tov. And he says, the runnels and trails of water are conduits of divine sustenance and influence flowing from the supreme light. Who are the flocks? The flocks of Bnei Israel. Yes, you were a sheep. They are referred to as sheep. We are the Son, we are Hashem's sheep. We're rooted in the letters of the alphabet. And our Nishamot emanate from the cantilations and the vowels. So what does he say? He says that we have to look at the word Son, Sadi Alef Nun, Sadi Alef Nun, and he says, "What does this stand for? Siruf, the combination of otiyot, the aleph, and nekudot, the vowels. The combination of letters and vowels. So the the flocks come to drink facing the facing the the flocks. What does that mean? They were aligned with the neshamot above in the heavenly realm. In this manner, the white was revealed, an acronym of." Of Halavan, which is Lev netivot hachokhmah. Lamid bet netivot hachokhmah, the 32 paths of wisdom. Let's try to explain. We know that everything is orchestrated from above by Hakadosh Baruch. While in his parents' home, Yaakov Avinu studied Torah day and night, and he studied again in the Bed Midrash of Shem and Eve to prepare himself for Galut. Nevertheless, it was ordained from above that he leave that safe and sacred environment and journey to the home of Laban Ha'arami. It was essential that he would marry Rachel and Le'ah. Together, they built the house of Israel by giving birth to the fathers of the 12 Shavatim. All the Neshamot of Israel come from them until the end of time. So it's evident. That the nishamot of Yisrael was stored and concealed In the domain of Laban Ha'arami Therefore Hashem arranged for the mothers of the original Shevatim Rachel and Le'ah And really we have to think of Zilpan Bilha Were also the daughters of Laban So they're born from Laban Then Yaakov Avinu would come He would marry them And he would extract the precious nishamot of Yisrael From the do- domain of Tuma. And this is what we see in ba, in the in, Bamidbar Rabba, in the Midrash. It says, This is the implication of the Pasuk. And the question is, who can produce purity from impurity? Is it not the one? And what are the examples? Look, Abraham Avinu came from Terach. Chizkiyahu, the king, the righteous king, came from Ahaz. Yoshiyah from Amon, Mordechai from Shimi, Israel from idolaters, the Olam Haba from Olam Hazen. Who did this? Who commanded this? Who decreed this? Was it not the one and only? Was it not Hashem? The author of Avnezer writes in Sefer Neot Hadeshe, he explains the matter magnificently. He says that everything is ordained and decreed by Hashem. Seeing as the blessed one created everything, it's impossible for anything to come from him that opposes him. So what happened? Even the Tameh produces that which is Tahor. The impure could produce something which is pure. Hence the elements of Tumah do not prevent the emergence of elements of Taharah from them. Accordingly, we could comprehend Yaakov Avinu had to have tremendous apprehension prior to leaving for Haran. He was fully aware that he would be required to battle the forces of Tumah to extract the neshamot of Israel, And he had to do it in a clever way. And what happens to pacify and encourage him? Hashem tells him in the dream, I'm with you. I'm guarding you everywhere you go. Nevertheless, Yaakov persists, he adds the following, he says, If God will be with me, he will guard over me, and I will return in peace to my father's house. It is important to understand something else. Not only were the 12 Shivatim concealed in the house of Lavan, but in fact, all 600,000 Neshamot, the major Neshamot of Ben Israel, that ultimately landed in Mitzrayim via the process of Gilgul, before ending up in Mitzrayim, all of those Neshamot reincarnated into the sheep of Lavan. Those precious Neshamot were rescued and released from Lavan by Yaakov Avinu. In his merit and due to his Kiddushah, those neshamot were afforded their initial tikkun. After reincarnating into Bnei Yisrael Mitzrayim, they achieve their ultimate tikkun when they receive the Torah. The source for this explanation is found in the Nezer Kodesh, authored by the Divine Kabbalist Rabbi Yechiel Michal of Galona we see where it says, Ki me'at asher hayalecha, because there was a little, and then I came and multiplied substantially as Hashem blessed you with my coming. The Midrash teaches us how meager was Lavan's flock prior to Yaakov coming. And the Midrash tells us 70 souls is me'at. The flock of Laban was me'at. And so that when Yaakov Avinu got to the house of Lavan, there were only 70 sheep. And remember, who was watching the sheep of Lavan? Lavan was so untrustworthy, he couldn't even get a shepherd to work for him. And who was out watching the sheep? The sheep were being watched by none other than young Rachel Imenu. Rachel was watching the sheep, these 70 sheep. He starts with 70 and how many does he come up with? And it says of Yaakov Avinu, the man became exceedingly prosperous, bim'od me'od. We see also, B'nai Israel went to Egypt, they started at 70, they were me'at, and they ended up b'yatsmou bim'od me'od. We see the same term used. And so we see just as there were 600,000 souls, people in Egypt, the the sheep grew to 600,000 of the same. And we have to know nothing happens by coincidence. What connection is there between the 70 souls that went down to Mitzrayim and increased to 600,000 and the number of Levan sheep that also started at 70 and increased to 600,000 under the supervision of Yaakov Avinu? The Nezer Kodesh explains, Hashem arranged for Yaakov Avinu to shepherd the flocks of Lavan because the Neshamot of B'nei Israel were tarnished by the Chet Etz Hadat. When Adam HaRishon sinned, all the souls that were within him, those 600,000 souls, what happened? They were completely tarnished and they had to be rescued. We learn in the Gemara that Yaakov Avinu He had the same face. Remember, we read in the dream, the angels saw his face. They thought he was Adam. He was a tikkun of Adam Harishon, in a way, a gilgul to a certain extent, but a tikkun of Adam Harishon with the face of Adam Harishon. And we see the Gemara writes that the radiance of Yaakov Avinu resembled the radiance of Adam Harishon before the sin. Therefore, it was Yaakov's task to care for and rectify these precious neshamot that were among the sheep of Lavan. He was the one who was able to rescue them from where they were put because of the sin of Adam HaDishon. The Nezer Kodesh asserts that Yaakov devised numerous tricks and strategies to heal those neshamot. And this was one of them. We have to understand what's really going on with him carving these wood pieces, revealing the white of the wood pieces. And this also explains why the Midrash compares the number of Lavan sheep to the number of Bnei Israel. As we know, when Yaakov and his family went into the Galut of Mitzrayim, we numbered 70 and we grew to 600,000. The same with Lavan's flocks. When Yaakov arrived, there were seventy. They grew into 600,000. So we want to clarify the insight of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh. He talks about peeling white streaks in them. These are the rods of wood. Bearing the white of the rods. And we have to understand that by this maneuver... Yaakov Avinu managed to release all the Neshamot of Israel that were trapped in the possession of Lavana Arami among his flocks. To explain the matter, we're going to refer to a concept taught by the Rishonim. They say that there are 600,000 souls of B'nai Israel corresponding to the 600,000 letters of the Torah. And we see. The Shelah HaKadosh writes on the subject in, Kodesh, in Korach. He says, Veda, ki mispad v'nei hayu shishim ribo. Know that the number of v'nei Israel was 600,000. Ve'amru ha'mekubalim, and the Kabbalists explain that they are the 600,000 neshamot that emanate from the 600,000 letters of the Torah. The spirituality of the Torah is the neshamot of Yisrael. The generation that received the Torah numbered 600,000. Afterwards, the generations that flowed from them were all branches from them. The Megale Amukor adds a wonderful illusion. He writes, what is Yisrael? Yud, Sin, Reish, Aleph, Lamid." He says, this is an acronym for Yesh, Shishim, Ribot, Yot, LaTorah. There are 600,000 letters in the Torah. This teaches us that every Yehudi is associated with a letter of the Torah. We can propose that this is the implication of the Pasuk that we read in Shemot with regard to Matan Torah. B'yachen sham Yisrael neger ha-har. B'nei Israel encamped there opposite the mountain. Rashi says, one man with one heart. This teaches us that Israel received the Torah, comprised of six hundred thousand letters. Now, there's really not; there's three hundred some thousand. But if we break the letters into the crowns, etc., we come up with this six hundred thousand. In the merit of the unity of the six hundred thousand neshamot of Israel, let us also look at the midrash, Amarish Lakish, HaTorah, which was given to Moshe. He says, its skin was of white fire, and it was written with black fire. A similar teaching is found in the Gemaran Yerushalmi. And for this reason, our Sefer Torahs have black letters inscribed on white parchment. This alludes to the foundation of the Torah given to Moshe of black fire on top of white fire. This phenomenon is explained by the great Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Ridditchev. He writes in Kedushat Levi, The black letters visible to all represent the black fire that every human being is capable of perceiving based on his individual acumen and abilities. What's the white? The white parchment on the other hand represents the white fire and it contains no visible letters it represents the light of the torah that is to a certain extent beyond human comprehension esoteric concepts that cannot be represented by letters and words with this understanding he interprets the pasuk in yeshayahu ki torah the torah will come forth from me the rabbis explain in the, in the midrash Amar baruch Hashem says A new Torah will come from me New aspects Chidushim of the Torah Me'iti The chidushim, the novella New aspects, the novel aspects of the Torah The new insights that we discover That give us such pleasure Those will come forth from me Now it may be difficult to comprehend this Because we say one of the, 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 the principles of faith Is the Torah is not going to be replaced So how is it possible to say a new Torah But it's not We sp- explain that this is referring to all of the hidden meanings of the Torah That are stored in the white parchment That Hashem will reveal to us in the future We learn from the Midrash at Har Sinai The Torah was already given as black fire on top of white fire However, we have not yet been privileged to attain all of its esoteric hidden meanings. That will only happen Lati Lavo. Thus, it will truly be a new Torah with regard to the novel interpretations and meanings that will be revealed, even though it was already given to us at Har Sinai. Let's expand further. The Torah is infinite and unfathomable. It exceeds the capabilities of the human intellect. It represents the wisdom of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nevertheless, Hashem in His infinite kindness, in His mercy, what did He do? He, so to say, diminished His chokhmah step by step until it took the form of the letters of the Torah as we see it today. This concept is discussed by the author of the Tanya in Likutei Amari. <laughs> Hashem is referred to as Ensof. His greatness is unfathomable. He's beyond human comprehension. Regarding this fact, the rabbis tell us in the Gemara Megillah, you will find Hashem's greatness. Where will you find it? Wherever you find His humility. HaKadosh Baruch Hu condensed His will and His chokhmah into the 613 mitzvot of the Torah and their associated halachot. And what did He do? He put it into the combinations of the letters of the Torah, of the Tanakh, their elucidations in the Agadot, the Midrashim of Chazal, so that man's neshama, his spirit, his physical being, would be able to comprehend them and fulfill them as much as humanly possible, in action, in speech, and in thought. Therefore, the Torah is compared to water. Just as water travels downward from the higher ground to the lower ground, So too did the Torah come down from her place of glory, the blessed Almighty's will and chokhmah. From there she traveled and descended systematically from level to level and from world to world until she took on the physical material form of olam hazeh, which are the majority of the mitzvot of the Torah and their halachot, and the combinations of physical letters inscribed with ink on parchment the 24 books of the Torah, Nevi'im and Ketuvim, so that every mind should be able to grasp them. This explains very nicely the insight of the Ketushat Levi concerning the black fire on top of white fire. The white fire of the Torah alludes to the source of the Torah before it descended downward and underwent progressive sequential diminution until taking the form of the black letters of the Torah. These are what's visible to the human eye. Therefore, in olam hazeh, it's possible for us to perceive the white fire. It's not possible for us to perceive the white fire. It's a type of or makif, or, or surrounding light above the process of this diminution restriction, which is beyond human comprehension. This, however, is in direct contrast to the visible black letters of the Torah that represent the portions of the Torah that have already been diminished and restricted so that we can comprehend them. This then is the meaning of the Midrash. This is the idea of a new Torah come forth. The Kiddusha Levi, he asserts, Hashem is going to reveal to us even the portions of the Torah that are represented by what? The white fire that have not been modified or restricted. And this allows us to better understand what the great Rabbi Rav Chaim Vital writes in Sha'ar HaKavanot in the name of his mentor, Rabbeinu HaAri. He asserts that gazing at the letters in a Sefer Torah is a fantastic segula, auspicious, and a good omen. And this is why we should do this. He writes, Min mori the, the custom of my teacher, may his memory be blessed. Shaya oheg lenasher sefer haTorah. Torah, his custom he had of kissing the Sefer Torah, and he would accompany it as it was transported min hahechal from the Ark el haTeva to the to the Teva likrobo to read it. Ve'achad kach hayan nishad and he would stay there samuch el haTeva close. To the teva, ad shehayu potchin, hasefet torah, until they would open the sefet torah and they would show it to the kahal as we do. Ve'az haya, and he would mistakel. He would look at the at the words, hasefet Torah mamash of the sefet torah in real. Ve'ya omir, she'al yideh ha'histaklut ha'adam, and he would say that by a person gazing from such close proximity that he is able to read the letters clearly, the person draws an exquisite, intense light to himself. Think about this the next time the Sefer HaTorah is opened in the Hecha. Think about it when it comes out of the Hecha. Think about it when the person's carrying the Torah and you have an opportunity to look at the Torah instead of talking to your friend. Think about it when the person is raising the Torah and showing the letters of the Torah. And we say, Torah. Look, come close, see the letters, and absorb the energy from the Torah. By gazing at the letters in the Sefer Torah that are inscribed on the whiteness of the parchment, simulating black fire upon white fire, a phenomenal, exquisite light is drawn from the white portion of the text, where all the secret, unrevealed meanings of the Torah are concealed, this clarifies for us the allusion pointed out by the Baal Shem Tov. He says that the bearing of the whiteness of the rods alludes to the thirty-two netivot ha-chokhmah that's halavan, the thirty-two paths of Chokmah, for the source of the Torah. From the divine wisdom Before it takes the form of the letters of the Torah Emanates from what? The white fire Now we could be so happy that we could understand Based on the beauty of the explanation of the Shivele Pinchas We illuminated to some small degree Yaakov Avinu's profound intent In stripping the rods And we have to remember Ramban taught us Prior to any heavenly decree, it's necessary for man to perform a corresponding symbolic gesture down below. We've always said, if you want heaven to do its part, you have to turn on the light switch below. The Mikubalim explained this as saying, it's an awakening below. And here's a translation of what he writes. Know that all decisions of the guardian angels when they proceed from a potential decree To a symbolic act The decree will be effected in any case He says It is for this reason That the prophets often perform some act In conjunction with the prophecies We say you have to turn the switch on below That action below Stimulates the act above The Sephorno writes He says that this principle, he cites that Moshe Rabbeinu was instructed per, to perform prior to the occurrence of certain miraculous feats, such as throwing a staff to the ground, raising his staff, striking the rock, etc., etc. Now, Yaakov Avinu, what did he want to do? He wanted to attract the Neshamot of Israel that had been corrupted in the previous generations, in the generation of. In the the sin of Adam In the generation of the Mabul In the generation of the Dor Haplaga The generation of the dispersion We also mentioned It was also in the generation of Sedom And what happened? They would reincarnate into the flocks of Lavan Thus they could gravitate to Yaakov's portion of the flocks And he could begin the process of their tikkun So what did he do? He did the act below. He moistened the rods. He peeled the white streaks. He bared the white rods. And due to the level of Kiddushab Yaakov Avinu, he was able to perceive and attain the source of the Torah. So he stripped the external wood off the rods to bear the underlying whiteness. Thus he revealed the source of the Torah concealed in the whiteness of the parchment, from which all six hundred thousand letters of the Torah draw their sustenance, and the pasuk tells us he thrust the rods that he peeled. He put them into the into the trough so that when they came to drink, he utilized the exquisite light light of the letters of the holy Torah to illuminate those neshamot that reincarnated into the flocks of lavana arami. Then the flocks became heated by the rods, and the flocks gave birth. Etc. In other words, they gave birth to the 600,000 Neshamot of Israel that were associated with the 600,000 letters of the Torah. Since they were born as part of Yaakov Avinu's personal flock, he was able to begin their tikkun, enabling them to ascend from the level of sheep via Gilgul to the Neshamot of B'nai Israel Mitzrayim. Ultimately, their tikkun was completed. When they exited Mitzrayim and received the Torah, which is comprised of 600,000 letters that illuminate the 600,000 Neshamot of Israel, So when I tell my grandchildren, yes, I was a sheep, I was a sheep in Laban, and Elizabeth the sheep was my wife when I was a sheep, they laugh, but it's not such a joke. It's not such a joke. We were the sheep of Laban. And and Yaakov Avinu rescued our nishamot And allowed us to become people And be in Mitzrayim And leave Mitzrayim And come to the desert And stand at Har Sinai And receive the Torah Every time we look at the Torah We have to appreciate what we have What we've received from Hashem We have to appreciate the black fire on the white fire we have to study the words of the black fire and search within our nishamot for the chidushim that relate to the white fire. And vizrat Hashem with the coming of Mashiach and Rabbi Amenu, we will all be able to learn the secrets within the white fire and our souls will become truly illuminated. Shabbat Shalom everybody.